you want to have the right number of incidents. I found out that Tristan ran the very first SOB uh, shift in July 2017. The, the heart is SRE pumping the blood around and then the, your main arteries are uh, the SOD teams and they make sure that the blood goes through your veins and that's all our engineers working to... Oh. Another great way you get to puzzle with relevant uh, problems. Yeah, and the alerts should be based on value. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bol.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Peeking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bol.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The host of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Hey, great that you're back for another episode of the Tech Lab podcast. Well, already years ago, we wanted uh, more responsibility also on the operational side for our uh, software engineers. So we come up with the uh, yeah, system engineers uh, on duty. But uh, first, let's uh, see what uh, Peter has to say about it, because he's uh, a manager on duty. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, being a manager on duty uh, every now and then it keeps me connected with uh, with the operational uh, challenges we have in uh, in Bolletcom, and it let me experience the tension between yeah on the one hand all the innovation all the teams are are doing and on the other hand the the operations part and uh, keep that uh, up and running in uh, in a smooth way. Um, yeah, but I'm only the one who's who's being called when things escalate. And before that, we have a great team of engineers picking up the alerts uh, first and uh, and react to it. Um, and in this episode, we want to dive into a specific role that we yeah we scaled it recently in, into uh, more teams, uh, more teams doing it. It's it's the software engineer on duty we call it. And yeah, the guests of the show uh, they know everything about this process, how we um, started this, and and what we want to achieve. So, Peter Paul, time to introduce them. Yes, so we have uh, Ruud Straver with us today. He's a site reliability engineering manager. So, uh, yeah, welcome uh, to the show, uh, Ruud. And we have uh, Bart Enkela. Well, you know him uh, because he's been, yeah, on, uh, I lost count of them, uh, episodes uh, before with us. And he's one of the leaders. Welcome, Bart. And it's not just on this show, he also uh, hosts a show together with uh, uh, Mikela Giro, which is called 20 Tech Chats. And you can check them out on, uh, on Twitter and YouTube uh, as well. Uh, but uh, that aside, uh, let's dive into the topic. So, um, yeah, how did you get involved into this, involved into this topic, uh, Bart? Yeah, so um, I've been at Bol.com for uh, since 2014, for about six years now, uh, and I, I started as a backend software engineer uh, in the uh, fulfillment space at that time. Um, and uh, back then, uh, we were already moving more and more towards DevOps, but uh, the responsibility for uh, operations alerts outside of office hours was still solidly with a centralized team of system engineers. And um, they found that as we grew and we uh, got more and more services, that more often than not, they um, would get alerts for services and they could restart those services, but they would not have enough 
uh, domain knowledge to judge whether the problems with those services um, actually matter significantly. So um, they uh, that's when, uh, as the company, we decided to experiment with a, a set of second line uh, on-call engineers, and those would be software engineers from the teams that actually work on those services that can be called by those system engineers uh, outside of office hours to, to uh, check with them, like maybe can you dive into the code or uh, do you know uh, whether this domain is actually uh, relevant right now and this alert. So um, that pool of uh, second line responsible uh, software engineers, that was uh, the, the very first software engineer on duty team at Bottlecom that we had. And uh, I was one of the um, crazy software engineers who were like, oh yeah, being cold at night, that sounds like fun. <laughs> well, let's get in, dive into that later if you still uh, think that's the case. But uh, <laughs> for you, the same question, Ruth, how did, how did you get involved? Uh, well, I, I can't even remember how I got stuck in this. Um, because, well, basically, well, joining Bull.com, I've always been on, on the operations side. And um, even when I joined in 2012, there was no official standby. You just were being called if there was an issue. I know an issue with uh, AirMiles back in 2012. Um, and I think I was two weeks in the company. And yeah, the idea was just, oh, Let's fix it and let's uh, join forces and get this issue out of the way. And that has always been the mentality, um, how we uh, fix stuff. However, we grew and grew. And that's why we needed more structure. And don't know when we started the first SOD team as second uh, line, but it was an awesome approach because we, um, from operations perspective, we didn't know what, what each application was doing or adding, which uh, value it was adding in the ecosystem. So we simply needed um, oh, a set of additional brains to help uh, resolve issues. And that's also why we um, oh, ramped up uh, the number of SOD teams, because we need to lower the cognitive load of uh, all the people being standby. And I think that's just happened along the way. And I don't know the clear time path, and I don't know where we're heading exactly, but it simply is how we work. And, and I actually looked up the timing for a presentation I created a couple months ago. So I, I found out that Tristan ran the very first SOD uh, shift in July 2017. July 2017, wow. <laughs> this is how this, uh, so he wrote history for us, basically. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, we have sometimes some some statements uh, in uh, in our show, which uh, allows us to be uh, a little blunt. Um, so please uh, respond to them. So yeah, basically, you only start to own your code when you uh, pick up calls uh, during the night for it as well. Yeah, I, I think this is a fun one. Uh, I I strongly disagree. Because uh, uh, it implies a lack of um, implicit motivation. Um, I, I think if you own code due to external stimuli, like uh, being awoken at night, which surely sucks. So it's basically the stick. Um, and I, I do believe a lot more 
in the carrot. So yes, it can help, but I think it shouldn't be necessary for the right kind of engineer. It, it's a safeguard. If, yeah, but if, but you, if you have the right mindset as an engineer, you won't need it to be on call to um, create proper code. However, if you uh, do not create proper code, it really helps to be uh, on call um, and be woken up in the night. However, that's most probably not the engineers you want to have in your on-call shift. So it, <laughs> it's a bit a mix, uh, but I strongly indeed disagree with the statement. But, but, uh, then, so so, so I've heard some, some engineers uh, saying, so you should uh, write your code as if uh, the one who was uh, maintaining the code after you would be some serial killer who would do, who do awesome stuff to you. Then we could basically have the same argument for, for that approach, uh, right? Yeah, but, but also if you write code that it will never fire an issue, you also gold plate your service, right? And you, you also want to have the right number of incidents. Only you want to have the right context being able to fix it. Yeah. And perhaps you want to have a page on a Saturday morning um, because you need to go to your mother-in-law. Well, you could plan that, right? That's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I, so, I think so the, 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 the key aspect here is um, ownership. As in, do you feel uh, responsible for the, uh, the delivery of value that your coach should do? I, th I think that's how I would define ownership and uh, an alert is a uh, is is a signal that says you're not delivering the value that you should or at least it should be uh, delivering a value a signal that you're making your 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 users unhappy a signal that your code doesn't work as it should work yeah, and the alert should be based on value, not on a system characteristic. So not a CPU, not <laughs> a memory. Please do not go that way because you don't want to be waking up uh, in the middle of the night for a symptom. No, you want to be alerted and woken up uh, of an effect that you're not delivering a certain value. And I think that's um, alerting 101 um, should be based on value and not based on signals. Yeah, very true. And but this 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 ownership concept that that underlies in this statement, you only start to own your code uh, if you take the calls during the night. I think uh, that is a a baseline for writing good code anyway. So that's why I say um, whether you run out of uh, uh, on call supports or not outside of office hours should not make a difference to the level of ownership that you feel for your code. Yeah, and maybe you can add to that that the, the teams are already on call during office hours, right? So, uh, and that's that's already there since 2015 from that. So, uh, uh, yeah. they are already uh, blocking themselves if they are triggering too much alerts uh, because they have to uh, to step up during office hours and fix it before they can proceed with their Innovation and, work. So, yeah. And Peter, US MOD also know that when the shit really hits the fan and SOD can't fix an issue, we will call the engineer uh, who created the code. So, yeah, yeah. We, we will uh, find you and we will haunt you if you write that code. 
but you're not legally obliged to answer the phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. But then we'll knock on your door. <laughs> yeah, second, second statement, Peter Paul. Yeah, so, so second statement is every software engineer should pick up the SOD role for a period of time. Disagree. Really strongly disagree. Um, it should be optional and people should do it willingly. Um, there should be no force and you must be standby. Um, you want to have motivated people picking up a pager. If you are not motivated, don't do it. Yeah, that, that's for the motivation part, but but because of the awareness part, so that you know as a software engineer what it is about to uh, to pick up alerts. Yeah, no, but I think, yeah. Outside of office hours, you should never be forced. And during office hours, you could have a rotation, but then it's not software engineering duty. Yeah. And I think it can be uh, a valuable teaching experience for any software engineer, but it uh, should definitely not be a requirement for a software engineer. If you if you if you're saying that, then you're you're gatekeeping all kinds of people who simply cannot take this responsibility in in their life, and that's yeah. extremely harmful. I, I, when I when I created this statement, it was for this first part you uh, you mentioned, Bart, that it uh, yeah. it's a, the the learning experience. Eh? You you make yeah. it makes you more aware and of what what's happening and how you can avoid it. So that that's uh, what that's true. Yeah. What we try to achieve with the SOD team is also to have a really close working relationship with the teams. And uh, what we say is the software engineers on duty are delegated responsible. So the uh, engineering team is always end responsible for what they deliver. And we do um, do intake for all the services. We uh, assess the quality of the service. We um, assess the documentation, uh, the guidelines, the runbooks, etc. But we also check the runbooks every three months. So if they're up to date, if they, and we um, provide feedback to the engineering teams what we found, not uh, only on incident uh, basis, but also on our dry runs. So yeah. that really also helps them see what, uh, what happens with the application in a non-standard uh, way. Yeah, yeah I, I think a, a really good analogy there is that uh, fire inspectors save more lives than firefighters. And um, as an SOD team, we are not only uh, the, the firefighters who, who help you save your, your house uh, when the shit hits the fan, um, but we also really provide that, that fire inspection um, angle uh, where uh, driven from the SRE team out together with the SODs that uh, know the domain and know the teams directly. Many teams will have like one uh, delegate member part of the SOD teams uh, will provide a close interaction with the uh, software engineering teams to make sure that um, fires just don't happen. <laughs> and that, that's also the link with SRE, of course. Yeah. Uh, what we try to achieve uh, with SRE with Embolder.com is to enable teams to take the responsibility um, and help them to pick up the ownership and not take the run responsibility itself. No, we teach them, we help them, and we assist them in taking the role. And that's also why SRE is enabling SOD to do this. 
Maybe it's good to to start with uh, what the SUB initiative looks like nowadays. Bart already shared we started it in 2017, apparently, uh, with Tristan being first on call. For uh, back then, it was what we called the fulfillment area only, so it was uh, narrowed for for one specific functional area. Um, what is it nowadays? And and uh, yeah, let's start with that one. What does it look like nowadays? Um, and then we can uh, dive into uh, to the relations with SRE. Uh, well, um, starting April 1st, we have our fourth official SAD team. So um, all uh, spaces <laughs> within Boulder.com now have a dedicated SAD team. And um, yeah, basically what we have, we uh, allow people um, in the cloud to um, delegate the responsibility of standby to uh, an on-duty team. So they don't have to worry about um, well, the application outside of office hours as long as they um, convince the SOD team that it is uh, useful uh, to be um, woken up when your uh, service is not responsible, uh, not delivering the value uh, outside of office hours. So you will be assessed uh, by the team on quality, on uh, the need, etc. And why on a space level? Um, because we see that uh, it really helps to know the domain which you are standby for. Uh, with um, the old way we did it was we had a, a middleware team running standby, um, which were basically system engineers getting a page, but they didn't know the context. You could work in the fulfillment space and get a page from shopping. Um, the only thing what you could do was restart and pray. And, um, the number of applications needing uh, assistance grew over time, but also the cognitive load grew and grew. So the load mentally of a team uh, of a person running standby also grew quite a lot. And that really meant that it was being a burden to run standby. And we want to lower the burden by having more um, domain knowledge from your working experience. So people from fulfillment run standby for fulfillment applications voluntarily and paid. So people voluntarily sign up to carry the pager. And that's basically how we set it up right now. Um, why four? Because the number of pages, number of applications, it's not uh, that great right now, luckily, but we uh, can grow over time. And perhaps we can split it uh, into two teams per space then on a product domain or product area, but yeah. that's that's the future. Yeah. So in average, a, a space has like 25 to 30 scrum teams or so. Uh, and from those scrum teams, you ask the software engineers, okay, who wants to be the software engineer on duty for this space during the night? Yeah, and what you see yeah. is that people really want to do it. Um, we have a lot of engineers who say, yeah, I'm happy to take the pager. And that's awesome because they also want to fix an issue and they want to take the responsibility and they also want to improve the, pro uh, the process. And if they get a page, they jump on it, they fix it, but also they follow up with the teams how to uh, resolve it uh, the next time and perhaps even prevent it, well, hopefully prevent it in the future. So it, it, it's a constant learning loop. And um, I really like to, well, like the saying I heard in a podcast uh, early on, 
you want to have the right number of incidents. If you have an SED team not getting any uh, pages at all, well, they get lazy. But if they have too many pages, uh, they will also be stressed out. Um, so it's all about learning. You want to learn from each incident. And I think that's, that really helps with the people from the teams running standby for the applications in their domain. They know the context, they know the people, and we all are in the same boat. And because the learning part is a really important part as an organization and as individuals, what else do we need to provide to the engineers taking up this uh, SOD role? Yeah, so um, what we really want is that all the engineers that, that have the SOD role feel um, as comfortable as possible uh, providing support for all the applications that they support. Um, and that means that uh, when we do a production readiness review uh, with a team to see whether uh, the SOD team can support that, that um, all the information uh, needs to be there uh, that provides all the context that a software engineer on duty who is not part of the team but is part of the domain uh, needs uh, to uh, investigate outages and to be able to mitigate those outages uh, in such a way that uh, the issues can be resolved uh, with a clear head the next day, or uh, sometimes even can be resolved immediately, but there's almost always uh, some follow-up needed. Um, and so, also what, what we did yeah. do was create uh, as, as a read team um, an SOD application where all the services and the level of support which they need with uh, links to documentation, processes, uh, guidelines, etc., is all in one place. So you create a stepping stone uh, for all the engineers um, where it comes natural to fix an issue and you don't have to search um, on Confluence, which will never give you a good result, um, what an application is doing or where the documentation is. No, um, we provide a proper uh, stepping stone to fix an issue. And that, that really helps to enable people. Uh, and secondly, you are never in charge of an incident resolvement. You are um, responsible for that it's being worked on. Um, if you can't fix an issue, you may escalate to a manager on duty and then well, say, well, take your it. Now it's your problem and please help me. So you will never be challenged about your fixing quality. You will only be judged on your investment to, to resolve an issue. Yeah, you're touching up on the, the SRE. So in, in Bullet.com we said, okay, we have an SRE team, but that is not automatically the same as the, the SOD team, which is a virtual team of uh, software engineers from the from the development teams themselves. Yeah. Uh, but the SRE is enabling um, SOD teams and uh, creating yeah. these, these great uh, services to, uh, to give this insights. And, uh, and next to that, SRE is obviously uh, helping out the development teams with uh, with their reliability. So that, that's yeah. a bit different than other uh, companies are doing that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we, as Ruud mentioned uh, before, uh, we really view our central SRE team as an uh, enabling team to um, guide the entire reliability community that we basically uh, are part of uh, as all software engineers. 
to increase the level of reliability that we offer as a platform and uh, as a shop. Um, and the, um, the SODs who are um, on call who handle uh, outages outside of office hours uh, for cloud applications, uh, they uh, are of course a vital part of this reliability community. So if I look at this, uh, I, 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 if I look at that concept of this uh, reliability community that we are as a company, essentially, um, I see like the, the SRE as, as, as the heart, and then there's a shell of SOD teams uh, around that who uh, uh, interact intimately uh, with the SRE team to get that, that that safekeeping of reliability. And then there's a, a broader shell of everybody else in uh, innovation uh, that all benefits from the work that we do to um, get that level better and that we can uh, interact with to get better as a company. Yes, it's it's kind of, I think the, the metaphor is kind of falling apart. It's just, I think the no, whole part of this, yeah. I really like your metaphor, but basically um, the the heart is as a re-pumping the blood around and then the your main arteries are had SOD teams and they make sure that the blood goes through your veins and that's all our engineers working to oh. basically balance our, uh, our reliability because yeah. what we really believe in is as a concept of balancing innovation and reliability. You can't outsource reliability to an SRE team and only doing innovation yourself. No, we believe that it should always be the key uh, responsibility of a product to balance both. And then the only way to really em embrace that is to have it both as your responsibility. And then you can delegate the responsibility of your application outside of office hours to, well, let's say, uh, daycare. You, you can uh, deliver your baby uh, in the morning at the doorstep, but they won't do, um, uh, make, uh, well, they don't, they only take care of it and they won't yeah. nurture it as much take as you. It, uh, for vaccine uh, shots, something like that. Or if, you know, if the fever is too high, they call you anyway. So the manager on duty is being called. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I cannot solve it. Right. So, yeah. So I think it's clear uh, what it is uh, in Bullet.com and, and why we started it. Maybe it's nice to talk about the experience. And, and I'm curious, Bart, the, the first time you, um, maybe you can remember, you, you had to do this, uh, this SOD role. What was yeah. it like? Yeah, that's a... Uh, fun question that I, I really can't remember and I guess that's a, a good thing. Um, maybe I can remember the first incident I ever got. Uh, I remember feeling quite lost because <laughs> um, I of course had experience like like debugging incidents in, in my own uh, surfaces and then just diving into the logs and then I know where logs came from and then so yeah I think it was an issue in SNK and there was SNK is basically where we route yeah, the customer sorry. orders to our warehouses uh, yeah right? exactly so quite yeah. crucial for us crucial yep. the process if, yeah. things, if we yeah. miss out things there then customers don't get their packages that's basically yeah and there was a 
misconfiguration issue there. So um, outside of office hours, a, a business user had configured uh, something uh, in such a way that the application did not understand. Um, so I was called and was like, yeah, this was second line support. So there was already a system engineer looking at that and they were like, yeah, uh, something is going wrong. These metrics are increasing and we don't know why. Um, so I investigated, uh, I investigated the logs and indeed saw errors being thrown. And I started looking at the, uh, the, the, the changes that were recently pushed. There were none. So <laughs> it's like okay, it's not that, and but then diving into this entire different world of codes that I wasn't as familiar with as the usual code base uh, that that I had like all kinds of mental models ready to go for my own services, and here there was like okay, this is Java, I I know Java, okay, this is an error log, I know no error log, but it, it really felt like exploring a whole different world and going no in there for absolutely <laughs> no pressure nothing was broken <laughs> you can always escalate <laughs> yeah, exactly. so and I, I think i did call the mod like thrice that evening i was like yeah i'm still looking man but i have no clue what's going on but then at some point i, I did get that that clue of what was going on like but I, I think that there is something here. And then, then I, 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 I looked into the data and I was like, wait, is, is that good? And I, and I dug into the code that actually processed that data. I was like, no, that's not going to work. Was like, and then, so where does this data come from? And so piece by piece, I, I, I uncovered the, the, the layers of the problem and, and eventually found the, the root cause, which got me really excited. But this was already like four calls to the MOD in and we had already decided that, yeah, the impact is not big enough to fix it now. But at least I could provide like a, a, a big um, a definition of what was going wrong, where Nicole was, what I thought was the way it should be fixed. And I put that all to the to the team who was responsible. And I, I felt quite good about myself, even though I didn't actually resolve the outage. <laughs> and, I, and I do recognize what you said, that, that even if we uh, we judge, okay, impact is, is too low to continue, then you still want to continue. You have you want to have it fixed the moment you're, you're on it. It's, it's a jigsaw. You, you can't stop halfway. Uh, and, but, and based on this experience, how do we prepare new teams, new software engineers on duty um, for this role? Yeah, um, but we just did a dry run, right? We we just did an intake with I think three new volunteers to uh, sign up. Uh, nine, no eight. Okay. No, that, that was for team as uh, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, yeah, nine. Uh, uh, three for uh, two existing teams and then uh, six uh, new ones to join the new uh, SOD team. Yeah, so uh, what we're currently doing is uh, we have well, sort of an, an onboarding process where we start like, okay, what happens when you uh, uh, when you're called? What do we expect of you? What's a good way to start this? And then we, we take them through the SOD application where they can uh, start the journey towards the the documentation but um as i mentioned before we always do an intake with a team to uh, uh 
to see if we are comfortable enough supporting uh, that application. And uh, uh, an important part of that intake is basically aligning that mental model. So expanding that mental model that the team has themselves of an application and uh, giving the, the SODs that will now be responsible at least a part of that mental model so they don't have a blank slate to start from. And that means that when a new SOD joins a team that already has uh, existing responsibilities for teams, that they also need to get started on all these uh, different uh, services. Of course, some of the services they will know because probably their own team also has some uh, teams that are supported, but uh, and, and some services they will know because they interact directly from them. That's the advantage of aligning them on a uh, function domain. But for others, it's really about, okay, what is the, the business domain of this service? What is the technologies they use? And um, that is then being hooked up to the other things that the software engineer knows to give them a starting point for uh, investigation analysis. Yeah, and what we also try to do is balance the um, engineers um, over the SED um, team that all aspects of the area which they cover are somewhere uh, linked. So what you see is that the SED teams naturally work together and reach out towards each other if they don't know uh, a certain piece. And if we have someone covering a certain piece and some double, they naturally reach out to each other and fix it together because, oh, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. So that's, that's in between spaces? No. Uh, within uh, the SED team, for instance, for Team SED uh, One, we have um, someone from uh, Retailer One joining, someone from uh, Fulfillment, and all the products are more or less covered. We try to balance that a bit. We don't steer um, massively on it, but we try to um, oh, nudge some people in certain areas. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, so if you cannot solve it yourself, uh, because you're not that familiar with, with that piece of code, then you reach out to another software engineer within your own SOD team. And if that doesn't work, then we can escalate. And if needed, we go to the software engineers of the teams themselves. That's that's a really yeah, exception. What, what you also see happening is, well, not a, lot of the, not a lot of the incidents happen in the middle of the night. Most of them um, happen during evening hours and then well, people tend to have their laptops still open in the evening and they already give hints to the person who's um, working on the incident. Oh, did you check this? Did you check that? So without being asked, they already give advice because they know the applications. Yeah, especially when it's a, a service that they develop uh, themselves in because is that ownership thing that we, we talked about earlier. They, they feel the sense of ownership and it's like, oh, wait, that, that's my service or uh, yeah. the team that we interact with a lot. I, I know a lot about this service. Uh, here's my bits of mental model. Maybe it can help you. And uh, uh, we see very much that that uh, voluntary uh, delivery of uh, useful information uh, happens pretty yeah, much every time. Well, you can't rely on it because I still no, remember exactly. an incident, um, well, pre-corona, um, uh, when we still had a Christmas bash, um, that was, I was MOD and I got paged at six in the morning um, after the Christmas bash. And I knew that the person who knew most of it 
um, was the one most probably just being woken up um, or just being uh, at home, not being really sober. Um, and then you need to be able to rely on documentation because you don't want uh, to um, harass a person who you know who just enjoyed a really pretty awesome Christmas bash and who normally is standby um, with this. And then you have to rely on documentation and then we reach out to the business people. Do we really need to fix this right now? And they said, well, it can wait until 10 in the morning because we don't start picking our orders until then. So please uh, do not wake up uh, that colleague and yeah, just fix it um, as a company, as colleagues. Yeah, cool. Uh, one, one question about this. The no, I won't name any persons. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> okay. want to talk about Christmas bash because I cannot remember. Hey, uh, <laughs> do, do, do they fix software in the night? Are they really diving into code and do they test and deploy it to, uh, to production to fix stuff? Rarely. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely... You can't guarantee a four-eyes principle when you're on call uh, uh, alone. And uh, at night, that is exacerbated because you're actually not 100% there. It's yeah. just you'll, you'll be tired. Uh, so we really um, try to stimulate, just mitigate and uh, resolve uh, with a clear head with the team involved next day. Um, but sometimes it's necessary, but uh, yep. rarely. I, I think most of the incidents, the responsibility of the SOD is to resolve an incident. And nine out of 10 cases, or I think even 99 out of 100, a workaround can be implemented. But the workaround should be implemented. And most of the time, code is not involved. Okay, cool. and that's also Only for investigation purposes. The risk is higher than the than the solution. Yeah, is, yeah exactly. Is well, you you also don't know the sources by heart. You can't document everything. Yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. Looking at the time again, Peter Paul. Questions left before we go to the closing round. Yeah, but um, uh, I, I'm still wondering a little about. Uh, of KPIs because uh, they're one of my favorite things. And one of the things that I <laughs> remember moving to SODs and also to the you uh, build it, you run it, you love it, was that we switched from uh, mean time between failure to mean time to repair, actually. And uh, I love that one because that, in my opinion, also increases uh, ownership, which makes a circle run, uh, round to the to the start of the of the of show. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, dump it. Um, <laughs> KPIs all together. Yes, NTTR. Don't say anything about the um, impact you had on your customers, um, because you could have a lot of smaller incidents which you have a dramatic uh, MTTF. And if you fix an incident um, which takes quite long, but the impact is also not that much. Uh, the MTTR also doesn't say that much. That's why we try to push this SRE to uh, an error budget policy based on a customer value chain. So um, 
let's grab a cup of coffee later on to really show the value of Esri. Um, because I think um, MTTF and MTTR are giving, not giving the proper incentives to uh, to fix or work on stuff because they are quite binary. And I think customer happiness is absolutely not binary. Other, uh, S value yeah. is not binary, right? Because then we come to that part again where we really should look at the, at the value we're providing again and not just at binary numbers and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, then that brings us to the closing round because then the circles round. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, could you share your uh, most important takeaway with us? Well, that, there's one thing that we haven't discussed yet that I, I'd like to address, and that is why is this an awesome role, role for an engineer to have? And maybe like my enthusiasm uh, shows that a little because it, it's it's a great another great way you get to puzzle with relevant uh, problems as an engineer. So so that. But for me, the um, the biggest benefit in in this role as an engineer at Bold.com is that you get to expand your horizons away from your team in a very natural um, manner. You work closely um, with uh, cloud technologies and you uh, interact with many different teams and colleagues from different teams. And that really exposes you to a new way of working uh, within Bold.com because every team does it slightly different. And um, I think it's one of the easiest ways to guarantee personal growth as a software engineer at Bold.com. <laughs> so, do you want to expand your horizon, become a software engineer on duty? That's that's the that's slogan. It. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. For you, Ruud? Well, I, I think my most important takeaway for SD is that we have awesome engineers. Um, we have people who really want to take the ownership. I'm, I never doubt that if someone is on call that they will neglect their responsibility. No, uh, people will even go further. And I had a talk yesterday with uh, a potential new uh, SAD person who said, well, it gives me rest to know that someone else is standby um, because I have faith in the person who's actively standby, which also gives me an, an ease and that if something goes wrong, someone will look into it and escalate if needed. So I think having the SOD model also um, brings down the load on all of our engineers because they have someone they most probably trust to handle an incident. And that's not only affected on the SEDs, that's uh, effective on all our engineers, but I think also on our business. And um, we help you uh, sleep at night. And that that's awesome. Wow. I, I hear some nice uh, titles for the podcast uh, episode, uh, Peter Paul, so. Uh... Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, I think even Bud wrote a song where uh, where he helps Yuri sleep at night, right? True. <laughs> <laughs> cool. 
It was great to have you in the in the podcast to talk about uh, software engineer on duty and uh, yeah, why we started this and, and how things are going and um, yeah, what it brings for uh, yeah, to become one and uh, etc. A lot of items, uh, a lot of topics discussed. So thanks for your time, uh, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. See you next month. Appreciate the invite. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for Tech Lab and subscribe. Leave a five-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or mail techlab at ball.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun!